do you think our recording studio officially qualifies as a Bikram yoga studio? It's what, like 97 degrees in here all the time? Yeah. I mean, what does it have to be? A hundred, uh, 120 <laughs> degrees. Yeah. You know what? For, yeah. For the sake of the bit. Absolutely. It's a Bikram. No, we, we call it hot yoga. We don't call it Bikram anymore. No, fuck that. Fuck that. Jillian Pensavale. Patrick Hines. They don't play that in yoga studios. No. It's not relaxing for anyone. Uh, <laughs> Guys, before we get to the show, hey, guess what? Our tour is almost sold out. It most certainly is. That you, is crazy. You guys are crazy. I know, I know. You guys, get your tickets if you're getting them. Let's see if I can rattle the cities off off the top of my head. Okay, ready? Okay. Boston, Philly, D.C., Orlando, Seattle, and San Francisco. You did it. <laughs> you guys, a couple more dates will be announced down the road. Go to truecrimeobsessed.com. Click on the CSI link. Get your tickets. Yeah. Also, girl, Lady Pates. Lady Pates is on fire. Lady Pates is on fire. I'm telling you, this man. And this thing is really messing with my head. It's really bad, guys. I forgot truly how complicated this whole situation is. It is and it isn't. <laughs> so check that out. There's also the Lacey Peterson series, mm-hmm. um, Making a Murderer, The Staircase, Lorena. OJ. Serial Season 1. Casey Anthony, Jody Arias. Madeline McCann. Uh-huh. It's all the series you guys want us to cover episode by episode. We did it on Lady Pates, the Patreon. There's like over 100 full bonus episodes. Yeah. You get it the second you subscribe. You get it all right away. Yeah. Yeah, RIP your phone storage, am I right? Rest in power. Rest in power. Yeah, charge it up. Get that power. Charge it up. Oh, girl, what are we talking about today? Uh, Bikram or Bikram, depending on how pretentious you want to be. (laughs) Yogi, guru, predator. I got to tell you, I don't understand why anybody does Bikram yoga. Well, no one does it anymore because we call it hot yoga. Why does anybody do that? It's so hot. It's just torture. It is. It's the heat. My body temperature is 104 on the coldest day of the year. Yeah, you know I don't do well in the heat. No! Every single person that is interviewed for this documentary is like, I basically felt like I was going to die. Yeah, someone almost called the cops on themselves. (laughs) I don't do well with heat and I don't do well with sexual predators or people yelling at me for no reason Uh that they think it's charming like Mm -hmm. none of again once again nothing appeals to me the singing did you what about this apparently this guy sings apparently (laughs) just ask him he'll tell you I hate him can we drag him he's never really done yoga until you've done a Bikram class with millions in the bank and millions of followers Bikram is doing something right He was a teacher who was going to make me perfect. He saw potential in you that you might not see. But he has a really ugly side. How could smart women endure weeks with this guy? I'd seen flashes of megalomania, but I didn't know how diabolical he actually was. He kept telling me that he wanted to make me famous and that I just had to stay close with him. That's why I am here. The young women who want to believe in something so badly, those are the people that he targets. A lot of people tell a lot of stories and that becomes their truth. I'm happy he's still teaching class. You are not intelligent, wise, experienced enough to understand who I am. It's not over. Uh, 
Um, look, can I get a starter today? Mm-hmm. You guys, we're back in the 70s and we're on a talk show. And oh my God, the clothing. All of the earth-toned brown colors from the 1970s, I just don't get it. That like like mauve color <laughs> totally. or taupe or whatever that lasted into the early 80s. Oof. <laughs> So it's like him in a loincloth. It's an actual loincloth. I know. know. That he's wearing on these appearances. All the opening credits are, they're just like people going wild for him on these talk shows that lasted like half a season because I don't know what any of them are. This is what's happening in Beverly Hills. It's quite a topic of conversation. There's a yoga college of India and the man who runs it is Yogi Bikram. I've seen nothing like that in a whole lot. And he's doing that stupid thing where he's like not wearing any clothes, but he's moving his pecs. So and, gross. And I think it's so cheesy and stupid and like the crowd is going wild for it. I've yeah. never been <laughs> the type of like teenage girl or grown woman or whatever right. to like <laughs> like fawn over some guy with a shirt off. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, um, I'm going to say guilty as charged over disagree. here. I know you disagree. <laughs> but like the whole like moving your pecs thing. I'm not. We just know this guy's garbage and I just hate him. Put a goddamn shirt on. You're on TV. Right. So. We're learning a lot about him in his backstory. We learned that like he's like a yogi guru master mm-hmm. and his first like clients or students or whatever in the United States were Elvis Presley and then President Nixon. Yeah, and George Harrison of the Beatles and then Shirley MacLaine and Barbara Streisand and Frank Sinatra and Quincy Jones and Michael Jackson. <laughs> but he's telling us this. Let's yes. remember that. I mean, look, I've adopted your phrase unreliable narrator. We get so much narration from him and I don't believe a word of it. Yoga is free. It belongs to the earth. But I picked up a piece of it. And I created something. Yoga means we cure all the chronic diseases. Heart problem, back problem, emotional problem. Arthritis, lumbago, sciatica, sleep disc, gout, rheumatism. I can name 20 more. You get all those things all from of doing it. that? I started with nothing, zero. I gave you everything. And this is the reward. I'm a rapist. And then we get this like the last the last quote before we really start. Yeah. Is him saying, I started with nothing. I gave you everything. And this is my reward. I'm a rapist. And I'm like, but are you a rapist? You are? Great. Then yes, this is your reward. Right. If you're a rapist, absolutely. I'm so yeah. sick of people being like, I did a good thing for you that one time 20 years ago. Get off my dick. And it's like, what are you? I'm so done with I know, everybody. I know, God. I know. So it's Los Angeles, 1998, and all I know is that we are seeing some monster turning the temperature dial up to like 105 degrees in a room. Right. And then we hear Bikram like, hey, good morning. Like, welcome to my beginner yoga class. Yeah. You're here to kill yourself for the uh-huh. next 90 minutes. That is not me making a joke. He says that you're here to kill yourself. He sings it. Right. <laughs> he said that phrase, and I'm just like, oh my God. I know. Can we take 15 minutes? And talk about how insane it is the idea of doing yoga in a room that is 105 degrees or what the fuck ever the temperature is i mean all i know is i would be curled in the fetal position crying my brains out that that actually sounds like torture to i me. wouldn't go no right? i would be like if you try to put a cat in a tub like all its legs all its limbs just grab on that would be me in the door like i'm not fucking going <laughs> So we meet this woman, Patricia Simon. She tells us she took her first class in 1998. She's telling us even the floor was heated. Yeah, and she like tells us, admits, she's like, I left halfway through the class. It was so hot and so stinky. I just couldn't do it. And then like as she's getting her stuff, she's like feeling guilty. I know. And she's like, shit. Halfway through, I literally thought I was going to die. So I'm getting out of here. When I'm out in the waiting room and I began to feel better and I thought, well, everybody's in there 
still doing class, so I decided to go back in and finish. And that was it. I was hooked. She finished the class and she was hooked. I'm like, interesting how you go from like, I must leave here. Yeah. To being like, I must never leave. Right. <laughs> I've never felt that about anything. So I can't relate. And she says like, he was a force when he teaches. And she's talking about like, because I'm waiting to see what the big, what would for, what, what would compel uh-huh. a rational human being to endure this, right? And she's like, he was just the way he taught. And then it cuts to him and it's like, chest up, lean back, fall back, war back, way back, go back, go back, go back, go back. And I'm like, what? This is the thing? This is what she was like, it's calling me. I must go back into the swamp sauna room. Oh lean God. back, go back, look back, learn back. I'm like, what? Everybody chest up, lean back, fall back, more back, way back, go back, go back, go back. Change, keep your arm there. I suddenly really want to take your yoga class. <laughs> and so it's 26 postures and two breathing techniques Great. that Bikram says he invented. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't know if it was filmed. It must have been filmed for his like promotional purposes or whatever, because we get a lot of video from inside these classes. Right. And we start to hear immediately what a dick this guy really is. Right. And he says, do you trust me? Do you have a choice? And then he goes, no, it's like an Indian marriage. No choice. And I just go, wait a second. I know. (laughs) Awkward posture. Open your feet exactly six inches apart. Do you trust me? Do you have a choice? No. It's an Indian marriage. No choice. Yeah, my, my feminist hackles perked up a little bit there, too. Right. So you're in these poses, and these people are super bendy, may I say. Oh, my God. There's no one like me in the class. No, or me. Can you imagine? I'm the oaf in the corner. Everyone is pulling their <laughs> legs from behind them above their head. Like, their foot is above their head, and they're on one leg. Like, everyone is really good at this. It's They're, nobody's first day. No. Yeah. I'm like, how do they know about this? I know, I know it's like a centuries old <laughs> practice. I'm just saying. And then I'm, you could hear them. They're like, you know, core tight and they have their foot above Did their head. Did you just say core? Yeah. Okay. I don't have one, but I know what it is. <laughs> and so you just hear people like, huh, because they can't break because they will fall over into someone else's sweaty pool of sweat. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And he's like, Indian marriage, get it? No choice. And I'm like, so many women are in that class. I know. I, I, it's all women. Well, one of the women in that class is this woman named Val. And Val tells us that like a lot of people find Bikram, like the person and the practice, uh-huh. when they're at their most broken. One of the many reasons people love to come to Bikram's class He saw potential in you that you might not see. He will look you in the eye and you just feel like he's speaking to your soul. People found this yoga sometimes at their most broken. And then we meet Francesca. Uh huh. She's a yoga teacher. She has been for 45 years. I believe her. I love Francesca. She, but she has this thing. She's like, you've never done yoga until you've done Bikram. And then the next sentence is, I nearly died. (laughs) She is laughing. She's the one who says she wanted to call the police on herself for going. You've never really done yoga until you've done a Bikram class. I nearly died. I wanted to go to the police after class to tell them what they'd done to me. I couldn't believe it. I did it because I'm pushed, you know? But I shook for three days. It was like an awakening. She literally thought she was dying. Yes, that would be me. She tells us the story through laughter. I know. That would not be me. Exactly. <laughs> so he breaks you down, makes fun of you, and personally makes fun of you. Like, picks out your flaws in totally. front of all of these people. And then, after class... As you're laying down, dealing with what you just did, he would sing to you. Oh, my God. And then Val, or one of them, says that he had a beautiful voice. And then we hear it. I mean, he had a beautiful voice. Don't look so sad. 
it's not over. Long way from home to kill yourself. That's why you pay for. That's why I am here. Val? <laughs> Val's like, look, look, look. There were some dark moments and it would get really ugly. But like 90% of the time, it was a total nightmare. But when he said... <laughs> Oh, that voice. And it's just like an old guy singing. And like, it's not like cats screeching or nails right. on a chalkboard, yeah, yeah. but it's not someone great. It's not Leslie Odom Jr. Right. <laughs> Val also is one who says like, yeah, look, did he do some raping? Sure. Did he do some sexual assault? Sure. But when he taught a class, my backbend was the deepest. I'm not saying there haven't been some bad classes and some bad moments where he shows a really ugly side. But still to this day, the classes I did with him, my backbends were deeper. My standing bow was held longer, and there is something about that, which is why so many people to this day won't even discuss anything negative, won't discuss any of the issues. Val? Val. <laughs> Priorities, sweetheart. And then he tells us, like, the history of yoga, which we will blow through in two seconds. Yeah. But he tells us these stories that he was, like, winning yoga contests at 11, and he was going to, like, the Yoga Olympics. And he won these tournaments so many times that they had to force him to retire at the age of 13. Right. So somebody else could have a chance. Like, he's John Larroquette in the Emmys. Exactly. <laughs> Remember that John Larroquette scandal where he had to like take himself out of the running for the Emmy for Night Court? Because of Night Court? Yeah, because he won it so many times. John Larroquette had to take himself out of the running. He had to tell them to stop nominating him. John Larroquette. John Larroquette. I want to go back to that world where the biggest deal was John Larroquette (laughs) being too good on Night Court. (laughs) That's where I want to go. That used Uh, to be our world. I know. Now it's on fire and everything's terrible. I used to love Night Court. Me too. He's like, you know, I was 12 years old. I was forced to retire from the yoga business because I was winning too many gold medals at the Olympics. Right. Mm-hmm. So he picks up weightlifting. Oh, my God. This story is so bananas. He tells us this ridiculous story about how he's qualifying for the Olympics and he was definitely going to win the gold medal. Oh, yeah. And then like seven days before the Olympics, some guy that he's training with drops a 450 pound weight on his leg and it shatters his bone. Right. And then in six months, yoga fixed it. Right. Okay. I know. <laughs> I went to Howrah Bridge to jump. I don't want to leap with one leg. So my guru said, you tried everything? I said, yes. So my guru said, come back tomorrow morning, 6 o'clock. My guru fixed my knee by doing yoga. 8 hours, 10 hours, 12 hours a day. 6 months later, I lost the muscles and I can do lotus again. So now cut to 1972. It's July 4th weekend. He goes to Hawaii to meet Richard Nixon of all people because he's like, ah, my legs hurt. Right. And I'm also the worst. Like, come <laughs> to Hawaii and help me. Fixes Richard Nixon's legs. He tells us that he does Bikram style yoga in a bathtub with Richard Nixon for three days. They were going to have to amputate Nixon's leg. Yeah, sure they were. And they fix it with yoga and a bathtub. And all of a sudden, Nixon can't remember which leg hurt. Four days. I give him seven hydropathic treatments. Bikram yoga in the bathtub. And fourth day morning, I asked Mr. President, which leg is the bad one? He said, right, left, left, right, I don't remember. Right, he's like, what? Oh, I see what you did there, Bikram. (laughs) As a gift for fixing his legs? 
Bikram tells us that Richard Nixon gave him a green card as yeah. a present. He didn't have to apply for a green card. Nope, not Bikram. And then I just have in huge letters, wait, why are we getting this rapist backstory from him? Like, he's not being interviewed for the documentary. Like, right. obviously, this came from somewhere else. But we're being, like, this unreliable rapist narrator uh-huh. is being allowed to tell us his own backstory. What the fuck is happening? Stick with it. I know. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Now we're learning about the Bikram yoga teacher training. Right. So now we're in the late 90s. Right. In LA. And we learned that like it was actually these teacher trainings that were the big cash cow. Because in order to be able to open a Bikram studio in your hometown or become a Bikram teacher or whatever, you had to be certified through this teacher training and signed off on by Bikram. And Bikram would hold these trainings in various hotels around the world. I've seen rooms with up to 500 people in them, and the tuition was around 10,000. That's what keeps Bikram in his fedoras and leather jackets, python shoes, Bentleys and Ferraris. And then someone's like, I saw flashes of megalomania in him. (laughs) That's Mickey. Oh my God. We're told that she is his former head of legal affairs, and she calls him a megalomaniac. I'd seen flashes of megalomania in Bikram. But I didn't know at the time how bad he was going to turn out to be, how diabolical he actually was. You don't see flashes of megalomania in people. It's being like, That's like being a little bit pregnant. Either you are or you aren't. <laughs> but then she also says we had no idea how diabolical he was going to become. She says diabolical. Right. And now we learn about this teacher training. Yes. So we learn from Sarah, who stays with us. She's she's a former yoga teacher. Yes. And we learn that the first three weeks were the hardest. The word humiliation is used. Oh, my God. And this is the breaking down process. You guys, you're teaching yoga. Right. And somebody tells us, like, this is the part that they pay for. This is why they're here. These people sign up to be abused and broken down. They describe it as the family And I understand why, because going and being on this common ground with so many different people and having this sort of like leader that created this thing for us, it was amazing. Right. And they're like, you guys, we can do it. All we have to do is suffer through these nine weeks. And I'm like, nine exactly. weeks. And then they just start calling each other a family. And I'm like, here we go. I know. Here we go. It's called the clock in the bicker It's called the clock. <laughs> Then we meet Jacob. Yeah, so we meet this queen, Jacob Shanzer, I think Mm -hmm. is how you say his name. Yep. He's talking to us to camera, looks good, super fit, super in shape. He tells us that when he started this program with Bikram, he was over 300 pounds. Yeah, and he has an adorable story about being fat shamed in front of the entire goddamn class. It's horrible. I still remember the very first class that I took with him. And I was maybe in the second or third row And I remember we were in awkward pose and he looked right at me and said, suck that fucking fat stomach in. I don't like to see the jiggle jiggle. And I needed to be cursed and screamed and yelled at. And that's what got me into shape. And I think that's what got me to become a really good teacher. And Jacob tells us he loved it. It's exactly what I needed to hear to get myself in shape. I think that's what you need to hear today. Like, you need to hear that you needed to hear it. I don't, I mean, it worked for you. He looks great. Yeah. But I don't think it's truly like what his soul needed. No, it's complete. Like, there is a way that you can inspire people without humiliating them. But again, Jacob is a prime example of somebody who gets broken down and then becomes blindly allegiant to this cult leader. Yeah. And then it's like, this is like described as a dystopian environment. I'm like, yes. I know. (laughs) 
that's and that's never good. You know, so then the room was 120 degrees. We see him in all of this footage, right? So there are 500 people. And I get it. You need a little height to like command everybody. Sure. But he's sitting on this like throne of like beanbag chairs. It looks straight out of fucking Star Wars. Yeah. Still pretty like, mm, that's a little low budget, even for you, Bikram. And he's sitting on it. And we realize, we learn now that he has a personal air conditioner blowing super cool air on the back of his neck. When he's teaching class, everybody else is sweltering at up to 120 degrees, but he actually has a personal air conditioner blowing cold air to the back of his head, which is like, that's Bikram for you, right? The abnormal becomes normal. Why aren't you screaming? This made me so mad. Right. It's 120 degrees in that room. He's got a personal air conditioner blowing right on him. Except when the Today Show shows up. Did right. you notice that? The no. AC the AC is not there. The throne significantly lower. No. And he's like walking around more like once the Today Show shows up. Oh. La di da. And then this is also the interview where he's like, I don't eat or sleep ever. I work 24 hours a day. No food, no sleep. That's not just something you say. You really don't sleep very much, huh? Hardly. Not even 30 hours a month. Come on. Yeah. You don't even sleep 30 hours a month? Not even one hour every, every night. You will never meet another human being in this earth more pure than me. I sell the truth. And so to do like the rundown of the cult checklist. Quick recap. He's completely isolated these people. He's sleep depriving, food depriving, and completely energy depriving these people. Mm -hmm. And now he's got a Christ complex. You guys, this is a cult from start to finish. Absolutely. So we're back to our friend Sarah. Oh God, you guys, this gets really fucking terrible. Yeah. So four days into this teacher training, he pulls her into his office. Can I just stop you? Because I want to say one thing about Sarah. Yeah. Sarah is here because she has scoliosis Mm -hmm. and all she wants to do is like recover live a pain-free life and then take this teaching method and spread it to other people who have like ailments like she does yeah she is so pure of heart and like what she wants out of this right and she's working so hard so what is about to happen is crushing to me right so four days into this teacher training he pulls her into his office Bikram called me out of class and into his office right out of the bag he's just asked what are we gonna do about this and I thought what are we gonna do about what Because, what? (laughs) And he said, what are we going to do about us? Should we make this a relationship? And it was just like, oh, my God. Not only is she caught off guard, she is like humiliated and completely has all of the wind taken out of her sails. So she's horrified by this and she like goes back to continue the class. Oh my God. So then he basically sexually assaults her in front of the entire class and nobody does anything about it. Right. So she's doing this pose that she describes as like, this is one of those poses we were talking about before. Like she can do this with ease. I don't understand it. I, I, I know. So she's like standing and she's grabbing her back leg and totally pulling it up. Like you're doing a standing split. Oh. And she's leaning down. Does uh-huh. that make sense? Is that clear? Yeah, like her head is on the floor, her foot is towards the ceiling. Yeah, and one of foot is standing. Exactly. Right? So he comes over, which yoga instructors do. Right. Like they come over and fix your form. But he comes over and like spreads her legs open. Remember, you guys, one of her legs is on the floor and one of them is straight up. Right. And she says like he pulled her legs open really hard and pressed himself into her in front of 500 people. And he leans in and asks her again. Yeah. And started whispering into my ear, what are we going to do about us? I'm split in half with my heart dropping down real low. So emotionally, I just broke. 
And she literally says she just emotionally broke and had to leave. Right. The fact that he knew he could do that in front of 500 people is so disgusting. Exactly. And that's the megalomania that Mickey was talking about. Yeah. Flashes of megalomania. Megalomania. Great word. Megalomania and diabolical back to back. Mickey. Mickey. Loving I her. <laughs> I love her. And now we meet our new friend, Mondeep. And I love her. I love her too. And she tells us about how like after a couple weeks, Bikram would have his quote people, his like handlers, because these would happen in hotels and he would have like the presidential suite and yeah. they would get like a couple women or one woman or whatever and just say uh you three it's one in the morning come with us massage Bikram and they'd be like oh yay right. we get special time with Bikram yeah because Bikram remember he doesn't sleep and so he would be up at like all hours of the night watching Bollywood movies which by the way I need to get those into my rotation every time they cut to a clip of a Bollywood movie I was fascinated I know they're kind of amazing yeah, totally. they're kind of amazing <laughs> So one night at 2 a.m., someone calls Mondeep and they're like, girl, get up there. And she's like, it's 2 in the morning. But, but she goes anyway because she's like, she left India to do this. She really wants to make a good life for her and her son that she yeah. left back home. And she's really taking this seriously. And she's like, OK, I'll go. But like, let's see what happens. That's so terrible. And she's like, he talked a lot. <laughs> and I was just massaging his shoulders, combing his hair, massaging his hand. And he continues. He talks a lot. I have to just listen. And then he like, nobody's here to handle my empire. I have done so much for everybody. Nobody's taking care of me. Okay. Okay. Everybody says that. Everyone rambled. Like, <laughs> a lot. So then he tries to make it sexual. As she's massaging him, he's like, oh, go here, go go here, go there. He takes her hands and tries to put them on his peen. And Mondeep's like, excuse me, we don't have that kind of thing here. <laughs> no. How dare you? She totally is just like, what? She shuts it down and says no. And then we get this heartbreaking thing where she's like, I was like, I knew I couldn't do this, but now I'm afraid of like, what's he going to do? Like, how's he going to treat me now? Exactly. And so the next day she's like, you know what? I'm leaving. And he comes and finds her and convinces her to stay because, you know, he can't have people out in the world talking about that he does this kind of thing. Well, she hasn't been deprogrammed and reprogrammed yet. Right. She still has the state of mind <laughs> yeah. to really walk out of the room like that. Right. And so he convinces her to stay and and she does. Right. So then we get audio of him and video of him screaming, touch the fucking wall, bitch. Don't you understand English? You're a chicken shit. Bikram was very, very, very good at knowing when to turn the whole crowd. So he'd be your best friend in one second, and the next minute he's, like, screaming insanely at someone. I mean, it, can I swear? Yeah, you sure can. Like, like you fucking bitch. Take a deep breath. I'll drop your head back. No, I'm back. In a half a second. Go ahead. I'm back. Touch the wall. Touch the wall. Touch the fucking wall. Now go down. Go down. Go down. Go down. Go down. How she can read now? Bitch. <laughs> Don't you understand English? How you did that? She can shit. Now go down. He calls this woman a bitch. It's unreal. Ten thousand dollars. Am I? What am I? What am I missing here? I know. Why is it? Like I just don't understand how this is allowed. Nobody says anything to right. him. Right. And Liz, the medic, she's like, look, if you ever ever studied abuse, this father figure yeah. that falls from grace, like this is textbook. Right. It's nine weeks of this abuse. Like you're right for. Whatever wants to be entered in next. Now, back to our friend Sarah. Yeah. So it's 3 a.m. She's told you got to go up to the presidential suite to massage her to some Bollywood movies. And she's like, oh, whatever. So she goes up there. I just, as a guy, get the sense that, like, fucking women have to deal with this shit all the time. All the time. That, like, you just, it's easier to just go and do it and hope you survive than, like, than, like, make a scene and then not be able to have the job you want. Yeah, because it can get very unsafe very quickly. Yeah, and and it does. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's 3 a.m. Sarah's tired because she actually sleeps and she hasn't eaten (laughs) 
six weeks. <laughs> so she falls asleep or they both fall asleep or whatever. And one of Bikram's staffers is like, girl, you have to leave right now. It's and time to go. It's time to go, like, time to go, time to go, time to go. And she's like, okay, can I just find my shoes in my bag in this gigantic suite because yeah. it's five in the morning and I just like don't have my bearings? And the staffer basically is like, bitch, you're on your own then, fine. And like slams the door and leaves her alone in this room with him. I thought that was so weird. It was, he was like, Sarah, we have to go now. It's almost like he knew the clock was ticking yeah, yeah. and didn't tell her. And she goes, and I heard the door click. And they'd left. And I hurried to the door. Um, and Bikram was already there. And I went to open it. And he pushed himself up into me. And he only had his underwear on. And um, I could feel him. And she kept trying to leave, but the door opens in. Yeah. So she was pressing it against herself, and he was pressing into her, pushing her up against the door. So she tells us this horrifying thing where he's kissing her, pinning her to the door, and says to her, I'm going to have you this time. He just kept saying, I'm going to have you this time. I thought he's going to rape me. And Sarah's like, I'm about to be raped. This is the worst moment of my life. I cannot, I cannot express to you. I was pulling what little bit of hair I have left out of my goddamn head. Yeah. And then Sarah throws a couple elbows, <laughs> gets herself free, and she leaves. However, she says, and this is like, I understand where she's coming from. She remembers turning around and saying, good night, boss. And I slipped under him and I slipped out. And I remember as I left... I, I said goodnight to him, even. I said goodnight, boss. It's just, again, fucking women have to deal with this all the time. Yeah. She was just sexually assaulted and almost raped, mm -hmm. but still has to make nice with him before she leaves. Because it's her livelihood. Right. And he holds the keys to this. Mm -hmm. She thinks, it's two more weeks. It's two more weeks. Right. I invested $10,000 in this thing. I'm just going to get two more weeks, and then I can make a living for myself and actually do the good work that I want to do. It's all I have to do. Totally. That's what she thinks. So remember that Queen Jacob that used to be 300 pounds? So he's back. It turns out that he and Sarah became really good friends. Day one, bonded BFF. <laughs> Yes. So Jacob says that Sarah told him and he wasn't surprised like other people had told him things like that too but he says like but at the same time like what were we going to do like she had no choice but to like not tell anybody Right My reaction at the time was that sucks but I think my reaction also was what are you going to do If we didn't go back or we started speaking out about these things that we were seeing, we would be professionally exiled. And he's like, today he's like, that wasn't the best reaction, just saying. <laughs> Could have got a couple ways with it. Uh -huh. I chose a not so great way. Yeah. But he's saying, like, we were, like, you know, in the moment, like, if you wanted to professionally advance in this world, you had to just deal with it. Right. Or or it's over. Right. So now we meet Larissa Anderson. Larissa. I love Larissa Anderson. She's got blue hair. She's just got a cool fucking vibe. Yeah. I just, I'm super into her. Me too. Me too. And she went and did the teacher's training. She wanted to open her own Bikram studio. And here's the thing, you guys. We've sort of, like, talked around this. Bikram holds the key to mm -hmm. whether or not you can open a Bikram studio. Because his name is Bikram. He, quote, invented this kind of yoga. You can't just start a business with his name and his technique without his approval. You literally have to get him to sign the paper. Bikram can make or break your life. Mm -hmm. So after this teacher training, he invites her to his home in Beverly Hills. We haven't mentioned her yet, but Bikram is married. Mm -hmm. With kids. With children. And Bikram invites this Larissa woman to his house. He kept telling me that he wanted to make me famous and that I just had to stay close with him. I was invited to go to Los Angeles and stay at Bikram's home 
That was kind of the start of where I became close with the family and became part of the inner circle, eating the food and hanging out with the kids, helping them with their homework and spending time with Rajasri, doing a lot of yoga, um, of course. And she's elated. She's like, great, like he's the guru, of course. And she hops on a plane and goes. And it's two days before she's about to leave and start her life as a Bikram yoga teacher. Right. She's so close. Yes, and he hasn't like signed the form yet. Right. So the same tactic. It's very late. He puts on a Bollywood movie. Which she's, again, I'm down with the Bollywood movies. Yeah, not all Bollywood movies. Like I'm <laughs> I support I support it. And she starts massaging his feet. Now we know, like we know where this is going. We know his pattern. He's like mansplaining the movie to her. Of course. And he it's a Bollywood movie. It's not that hard to figure out, We guys. get it. Right. Great outfits. Totally. Super yeah. fun music. Everyone's gorgeous. Yes. So the eye makeup is to die for. Probably an over-the-top reaction here and there. Yeah. I'm oh, here for all of it. I Pass was, the popcorn. The wig work in this one actually wasn't great. You could um, totally see the wig lines. Um, so he starts mansplaining this movie to her. And he does this thing where the volume's on really loud. So she actually has to like turn around and lean in and say, like, what were you just mansplaining to me? <laughs> and he uses this opportunity to grow grab her head and start kissing her really forcefully. You guys, his wife and his kids are upstairs. Upstairs. And he's also doing this against her will. Exactly. So she pushes him away and she's like... I immediately pulled away and he said, it's okay, it's okay. And then he he grabbed my head and pulled me back in and like stuck his tongue in my mouth. And I was trying to pull back and I was able to create some distance um, from him. And I said, Bikram, I don't want this with you. And he said, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm sorry, it's okay. Bikram, girl, I, I don't want this with you. And he's like, oh, okay, I'm so no sorry. No problem. So then he takes her hand as he's like apologizing. Right. Takes her hand, leads her to another room, and she thinks they're going to have a talk, maybe like not so close to the stairs yeah. that lead to his wife and kids. <laughs> right. That's really what she yeah. thinks, like a little bit of privacy. No, you guys, the worst thing happens. I thought he was going to apologize and say that he was sorry and it would never happen again. Instead, he lifted my skirt, he pulled down my underwear, and he pulled down his boxer shorts, and he raped me. And then again, she's like suffering through the telling of this story, and it ends with her giving him a kiss on his forehead and saying goodnight. Because he goes back to watch the movie. Right. And she's like collecting herself in the next room. And she remember, she's got her whole life ahead of her. All she wants to do is open this studio, and he has to sign off on it. And where was she staying that night? His house. Right. She walks herself upstairs past the kids' room, the playroom, the wife's room. Yep. And sits in that room and prays that he doesn't come upstairs. Yeah. This and piece of shit. And then she says the next morning, like he's acting as though nothing happened. It's the day that she's leaving. And just before she goes, he like signs on the dotted line so she can open her studio. Right. I mean, it is just so fucking crazy. Right. That's like 2012-ish. Yeah. By 2013, Bikram Yoga is everywhere, you guys. And you were seeing all the famous people. Like, remember when George Clooney and Sandra Bullock were best friends and America was super into their friendship? Really? Yes. <laughs> Must have missed that one. What? Who cares? Sandy and I did a lot of Bikram Yoga together. <laughs> oh, he called her Sandy. I was Sandy. like, George, calm yourself down. Jason Bateman is on David Letterman talking about Bikram Yoga and like Bikram the man himself. Right. It's like all these famous because people. Because Jason Bateman is going, he's like all, he just screams at you and you sweat it out and it's great. I know. Jason Bateman. Kim Kardashian is talking to Hoda over a glass of champagne at 10 o'clock in the morning. I did it and I fell asleep. <laughs> Do you do yoga or any of that stuff, Bikram? I haven't yet. Oh, you yeah. know what? I did that what? once and it was so hot, I fell asleep. I was doing Come a position on. on the floor and Stop. I fell asleep. I fell asleep, you guys. Money, please. <laughs> I talked about something. Money, please. 
That's her life. She talks about things and gets zillions of dollars for it. But Kim Kardashian is now getting wrongfully convicted people out of jail, though. We love her. I know. Her husband is batshit, but we love Kim. Who's she married to? Kanye West. Oh. MAGA hat wearing Kanye West. How out of it am I? I've, I, I know nothing. <laughs> you didn't even know about George and Sandy. I used to be so cool, Patrick. I, I used to know everybody. <laughs> I knew every band. Like, I was in the know. Totally. I just asked you who Kim Kardashian was married to. It's completely slipped my mind. So now we're back to Sarah. Bikram yoga is everywhere. Like, the actual practice of Bikram yoga is everywhere. Yeah. And we're back to Sarah. And she says, look, she was really careful about her experience because she really all she wanted to do is teach this thing that actually really worked for her and do good for other people. That's all she wants to do. And, you know, she meets her husband. She has a baby. She just wants to be a good mom and live her goddamn best life. Yeah. And so she has this like crazy moment where she's got a kid now. The kid is three years old. One of my only remaining goals was I was going to be a good mom. So one day I was teaching a yoga class came out of the class and my daughter looked up at me. She wasn't even three years old yet. And she said, mommy, I want to be just like you someday. I want to teach yoga. And all I could think when I looked into her eyes was you can't do that. You'll get raped. And that night I didn't sleep. I'm going to cry yeah. so hard I could this. When she said this, I was like, it, thinking, hit, it hit me like a piano. Thinking about her three-year-old daughter, she's, she says, you can't because you'll get raped. And that moment was, changes the world. Yeah, it, it that was her turning point. This is why we're here right now. Right, like Sarah walks out of her yoga studio at 7 30, 8 yeah, o'clock at yeah, night. Totally. Her daughter says this thing to her the next morning. Boop, 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 yeah. That's a phone dialing, everybody. <laughs> is in search for a lawyer. Yes. Then the day after that, she's on Nightline. Totally. <laughs> telling her story, and I'm like, yes, Sarah. Tonight on Nightline. He absolutely chases women. He victimizes women and someone can look him in the eye and say no and it doesn't matter. It's kind of amazing. So then we're seeing all this news footage of how Bikram is being accused of all like these rapes and sexual assaults. Then we get fucking Bikram himself on CNN. It's not truth. I don't do that. I don't have to. If I want to have a sex with the women, I don't need to attack them or, or rape them or abuse them or assault them. There'll be nine millions of women in the world as a volunteer. This is just unreal. And the thing that I don't understand is how these news anchors don't ever ask a fucking follow-up question. I know. The thing is, it's all these things I probably would be really good at that I don't want to do. Yeah, totally. This is one of them. He says, I don't need to rape them. I would be like, did you just say that to my face? Yeah, 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 yeah. I would be arrested. I know. So then we're back to Larissa because Larissa sees this press coverage of Sarah. And Larissa is the one that was raped in the family room of Bikram's house. Yes. And she's like... A lot of people in the Bikram community were like, hey, did you hear what happened with Sarah? And I, um, that's when I realized it happened to somebody other than me. Because once Sarah goes on Nightline and CNN and all this stuff, the Bikram community is learning about it. Like Liz the Medic makes a Facebook page about it and she's trying to get other women to tell their stories. Now Jake, our gay friend, (laughs) yes girl, hates everyone for this. He is super defensive of Bikram and won't believe the women and he says as much. Yeah and Patricia, our other friend is saying, she's the one who tells us like, look. There was a camp that was going to hang him by his nails and there was a camp that was saying, you know, these girls asked for it. They might have been young, but they weren't stupid. Naive, maybe. Opportunistic, maybe. 
So Larissa, like another goddamn thing women have to endure. Larissa goes to Los Angeles to file a report about the rape. Mm-hmm. And she explains to us that the cop says to her, like literally, literally asks her what she was wearing. How drunk were you? How drunk were you drunk? Were you high? Were you asking for it? Yeah. And she's like, basically looks to the camera and she's like, do you get it yet? I know. Do you but- get how hard this is? This is why people don't speak out about anything. And it's right. easier powers and numbers. And like, it's yep. just, ugh. And then Larissa goes on Nightline. He raped me. In his own house. Yes. His wife sleeping upstairs. Correct. And his daughter sleeping upstairs. And his son. Mandeep speaks out too, the yep. one with the massage. He was like, get out of here, girl. It's 2 a.m. I'm tired. Shut up. Massage your own stupid feet. <laughs> then our friend Mickey, the former head of legal affairs. I'm obsessed with Mickey. She's the one that said diabolical. I love her. And I love megalomaniac. her. And megalomaniac. And megalomaniac. Loving her. She truly is beautiful and smart. Absolutely. She's, she's the whole package. Yeah. <laughs> But Bikram, of course, starts blaming Mickey for all this. Of because course. Because she's just a dumb woman. So not only did she say megalomaniac and diabolical, she now she says... When the sexual harassment allegations started to escalate, I telephoned Bikram in Hawaii, and I could tell that he was getting increasingly unhinged, angry. He was blaming me for all of uh, basically the woes of the business and his personal woes. She could tell he was becoming unhinged. Un- unhinged is my favorite word to describe crazy people. It's great. I love it it's so great. much. Great. So at this point, Mickey is still on Bikram's like team. Right. And she is the head of his legal affairs department. She's the one who's triaging all of these sexual assault claims. Right. He tries to sexually assault her. In the middle of this. And so as he's like yelling at Mickey right. for causing the sexual assaults that he did, right. and Mickey's like dealing with the paperwork of this other case about being a racist asshole. <laughs> he then sexually assaults her? He like really goes for it with Mickey and it's just like go, you you truly are unhinged. He literally summons her to the bed. He's like, can we talk about this in bed? And she's like, well, can we talk about your two lawsuits? One of them about assault and one of them about you being a racist dick in your bed? No, no. girl, I quit. <laughs> what? Like hightails it. Mickey shaped hole in the door. Let's bring that back. She's like, oh, I gotta get out of here. Hero bill for you. I gotta get out of here. I gotta form my own lawsuit against this guy. Because then two days later, She's threatened by Bikram. I got brutally and mercilessly hauled into his room and told, unless I resigned there and then, bad things were going to happen to me. So can we dust off the hero bell for Carla Menard? Queen Carla, absolutely. So Carla Menard is the attorney that Mickey hires to like do the lawsuit against Bikram. Right. And Carla tells us, look, Bikram not only fired her, Mickey came here from India for this job. Right. He revoked her green card. Yep. He turned the lights off in her apartment. He had her car repossessed. Yeah. And so Carla tells us that like she says to Mickey, girl, yes, we will do this lawsuit, but I will will take your case on the condition that you commit to going to and through trial. And you can't settle no matter what they put on the table. And to Mickey's eternal credit, she said, I agree. No matter what they put on the table, yeah. you have no power. Girl, I'll put you up in my guest house. Right. You know she has a pool house. <laughs> Carla is earning that paper. So the thing that's so amazing about this is that Carla's like, we're going to drag him forever. Like, I don't want you to settle. I want that big, fat, guilty stamp <laughs> on his stupid, ugly face. That's what Carla wants. Carla actually has the line of the movie. The best. She actually has a couple of these, but the she says, He's a clown in a lot of ways because he's an idiot. But he's a dangerous clown. He's a clown in a lot of ways because he's an idiot. But he's also a dangerous clown. The way she says, because he's an idiot. You guys, 
if you don't want to watch this movie, please just watch her deliver this incredible line. He's a clown in a lot of ways because he's an idiot. She might as well be holding the best cocktail in the world. I love her. She so much. is absolutely the best. So after filing this lawsuit, yeah, it takes three years to go to trial. Bikram is like doing everything he can to drag his feet. Right. So the deposition finally happens. Right. Over the years, we've covered a lot of these dep, like the OJ deposition. Yeah. These depositions are fucking crazy. Right. But what's so crazy is that we only see Bikram, yeah. and then we just hear the lawyers. So totally. we know Queen Carla, and then like this derp, like Bikram's lawyer. Bikram's lawyer and Carla are fighting, and Carla. T- tells us this. If they could provoke me and goad me into uh, calling the deposition or walking out, it would be to their advantage and to my client's detriment. I know you are very much hoping that you provoke this to the point that I'm going to suspend the deposition. Let me tell you, we've waited for a year. Great, then take it. Go, go. We've had to go to court. And she's just not fucking falling for it. His lawyer sounds like this whiny moron. Yeah. And Carla knows full well, Vikram doesn't like any of this and he super hates that I'm a woman. Yes! And this amps her up hardcore. It is so amazing. So then we see her questioning Bikram and Bikram is just losing his fucking mind. You know, he's pleading the fifth and he's being, he's just being like really just like uh, crass and horrible. And so he has this outburst, right? And Carla says something kind of under her breath, which I'm like, oh, Carla, I love this. (laughs) I usually don't like passive aggressive behavior, but this is perfect because she's playing him like a goddamn fiddle. And she's like, yeah, the judge isn't going to like that behavior. (laughs) He pounces on the word behavior. Yeah. And this tells you everything you need to know about him. The way he the way he describes this because he goes behavior who is behavior talking about behavior do you know how to spell behavior you are the most misbehaved person i ever met in my entire life i thought this is great keep going you can take a brass and polish thousand years it's never going to be a gold would you, you like to take a, a break mr town you cannot take a donkey and train for 100 years it's never could be a horse so I guess having been called the donkey by Mr. Chowdhury will go off the record. Can you even spell behavior? You are the most misbehaved person I ever met in my entire life. Yeah. Like she's not a child. No. She's a grown woman and she's going to take your ass to court. But the best part is she's saying like, this is great. great. Every every outburst he has, it's great because she now knows she's going to get him in court because he's not going to be able to fucking control himself. Right. Like he calls her a donkey <laughs> at one point. That's not really an insult in this country. Right. And then Carla asks him like, you know, Bikram, I know, you know, through all my paperwork, I know there are three things you really don't like oh my god and he's like no there are four things and he says the four things he doesn't like cold weather cold food cold heart and cold pussy so you did incomplete i completed thank you you're welcome and carla with more tact than i'll ever have just goes uh thank you yeah he responds (laughs) welcome And I'm like, girl, you lost this. Carla won totally. this whole exchange. He thinks he, I'm like, and you're you're being deposed for sexual assault. I know. And you think you can say that. I know. And so finally, they get into the courtroom and like, there's no cameras in the courtroom or whatever, but we get Carla giving us the play-by-play and she's telling us that when Carla is questioning witnesses, she's doing this power move where she's standing behind Bikram right. and his like team of lawyers and Bikram tries to get the judge to make her not be allowed to do that. And the judge is like, girl, she can go wherever she wants. <laughs> 
(laughs) To be fair, anyone would hate that. Of course. But I just love that he hates it the most. (laughs) Of course. And it's a total power move. And then it just makes him look even more petulant. Like, can you tell her when she has to stand? Exactly. Like, I don't need to control this woman. I hate you, Bikram. (laughs) You're listening, right? He's totally listening. And then this is always so fucking infuriating. Why don't we have a workaround for this in our system? Because he is trying to play the poverty card. Oh, please. So, like, he's trying to play the poverty card, but we're seeing the literal garages full of these, like, antique classic cars. His prior testimony had been, I'm bankrupt. I live on borrowed money from my family. I haven't earned any money in the last three years. We had pictures of his children, you know, on shopping sprees on Rodeo Drive in their convertible Ferraris, taking selfies, saying, thank you, Daddy, for the new car. His kids have the most obnoxious Instagram feeds in the world. Oh, my God. It's unreal. Then, so there's all of that nonsense where he's trying to claim poverty and we're seeing how rich he really is. Right. And then we're learning, like, they're knocking down his ridiculous story. The whole thing about how he saved Nixon's leg and then Nixon gave him a green card. The prosecution calls the Nixon library and we see the letter with the letter like this is a made up story this is not corroboratable in any way it's basically the I don't know her gift it's truly the I don't know her gift they're like what and then he like has all these stupid lies about like I have a deal with uh, the governor everything but he's on the stand tying words together that make no sense and he's like hey great job right my lawyers like thumbs upping them he gets off the stand Carla has this great line where she's saying how like he blew it on the stand but he's so fucking out of it that he doesn't know that he blew it so he gets off the stand and like gives his team the thumbs up. Yeah. And she says, In many ways, he really is dumb as a post. He really is as dumb as a post. And I'm like, Carlo, where are we meeting for happy hour? Name the time and place. I'll meet you anywhere. And so his whole backstory is a lie. We meet this really cool journalist. Her name is Chandrima. She's in Calcutta, which is where Bikram is from. And we learn Bikram has been taking credit for inventing these 26 plus two poses. And the yoga championships. She's exactly. like, what yoga championships? She, what is he talking about? She goes through and like debunks the whole thing. We meet this guy, Mukul Duda. He's another yogi. Yeah. And he's saying, Bikram and I have the same master, the same guru. yogi, the same guru. Everything he taught was the lesson of his master. When I heard that Bikram declared my master's yoga as Bikram yoga, that made me a little bit annoyed. And he's like, this guy, Bikram's guru, he's the one who invented these 26 plus two. This guy's got the receipts. The only pamphlet that exists with the pictures of the guru doing it. Right. And our friend Makul, he's just like, you guys, the whole point of this practice is that you pass it down and you give credit where credit is due. Exactly. Yoga isn't about taking credit for the positions. You just say like, how great is this? I learned it. I'm teaching it to you. And Makul is like, hey, guess what? I published the book. I got the book published so that we can like discredit Bikram for having created this form of yoga. And I'm like, like now we're really moving. I know. <laughs> so what he was actually doing instead of these yoga championships, which you're like, girl, that always sounded fake. Oh my god! He was doing stunt shows. Yes. You guys, he was like lying down on beds of nails, and then having like motorcycles Mm-mm. drive nope. over Mm-mm. him. No, 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 no. And there's another thing where he puts his arm out, and like no. a car drives over it. Nope. It's the nope. what? Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> I can't even. I can't even. No. no. Yeah. And Shandrima says. He's been playing hopscotch with facts and the truth for all his life. Girl, I'm taking that. I know. Hopscotch (laughs) with the truth. I love that. So now, look, the jury comes back after a day and a half. Rules in Mickey's favor. On every count, unanimously. 
Carla goes, it's extraordinary. That never happens. I'm like, Carla, girl, you did that. I know. I, I know. love you. <laughs> so now Bikram owes Mickey $7.5 What have we learned about settlements like this? So this is what I'm saying. Why don't we have a workaround for this in our system? Because this other lawyer tells us that, that Bikram and his wife have this like sham divorce and they put all the assets in her name. So now he doesn't have anything. OJ did the same I thing. I have in my notes. This is what OJ did. Why don't we have a, a fix for this? I how know. is this allowed? I know. This is how we know people are getting out of paying the settlements to their rape I victims. Know. I know. We should have a fucking answer for this. I know. I, I totally agree. So like Bikram skips out of town without paying any of the money. Right. He's like jet setting all over the world and they can't track him down for the money. Right. And But I love how the judge is like, oh no, fuck that. That's not going to stand right. for me. And he's like, what the judge has said to us was, Wherever he is, we, I don't care if he's in Timbuktu, go and find him and serve him. And he needs to know that I've made this order. I find him. I don't care where he is. Find him and serve him these papers and make sure that he knows that I told you that I don't care where he is and I want him found. And the best thing about it is the guy who's going to serve him the papers finds him in Thailand. And we've got video of him trying to serve Bikram the papers. Right. When my process service served him in Thailand, they were faced with brutal attacks. Get out. Get the fuck out of the car. I'm going to throw you out right now. Get out. Get a legal debt with my ass. Fuck you. Hit my toilet paper. Go fuck up. And he's like, it's my toilet paper. Whatever, dude. Like, I know. Bye. <laughs> and the, the guy who served him is like, that's great. You have one liners. Cool. But you've also been served. <laughs> Bye. It is really infuriating because the civil court can only do so much. And the DA in Los Angeles refuses to actually make an indictment. Which, I mean, this is a whole thing. Carla, and I am on her side basically with everything. Yeah. Carla, yeah. don't be garbage later on. Right. Um, just in life. <laughs> but she's like, you know. I think. There's a tremendous reluctance on the part of the district attorney to go after powerful men. Well, if Jackie Lacey were to wake up at some point and decide to pursue Bikram, all of the testimony that Bikram gave in his civil case would be admissible in the criminal trial. For some reason, the DA just won't press charges. Won't do it. So he's just out there in the world. And we see he's doing teacher trainings in Mexico City. Spain. And like instructors from America are still sending young women to him for these teacher trainings. Right. And like Sarah and Larissa end up settling and they're not happy about it because no justice gets done. Right. They just want to be done with it. You know, my option was to go to court and get re-traumatized and he wasn't even going to be there. Or... You know, I settle and I'm able to actually move on my, in my life. But when you choose to settle, you're not really getting justice. Just a, a twist at the very end. Remember Patricia, who's been with us since the beginning? Mm -hmm. She was the one that like left the class and then came back and then it changed her life. Uh -huh. We think because she's being interviewed in this that she's like on the right side of history and is mad and all of this. She literally says, This yoga is magical. It's a very powerful technique. I'll never stop doing it. I'll never stop promoting it. I'm happy he's still doing his teacher trainings. For some reason, I get the feeling he's gonna make a comeback. And she says, she goes, um, the only reason I'm here talking to you is like to kind of preach the gospel of Bikram. Yeah. And I'm like, Patrice. <gasps> I know. It's like, a, it's a, in the end, it's a twist. It's a twist. Bamboozled again. <laughs> 
So it basically, so like the the final image of this is a teacher training from 2019, like mm-hmm. ju- like very recently, yeah. Where we see all of these women, and he's literally climbing a woman in this video. Yeah, and something's never changed. And I'm looking at you, LA DA's office. Yeah, get your shit together. Tick tock. Let's go. Totally. I'm done. <laughs> Cult o'clock, justice o'clock, whatever you gotta do, just do it. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> did it oh that was a crazy one crazy i hate him so much i'm sweating to death you guys don't forget the first part of our 2020 tour is on sale it is selling really fast it's like more than half sold would you say like hotcakes it's selling like hotcakes i used to say that all the time go to the website truecomeobsessed.com click on the cs live link we're coming to a city near you get your tickets and come hang out with us come hang you guys let's have a party also the patreon you guys over a hundred full bonus episodes to download right this second so much all of the series we got something for everybody over there we really do uh, girl, what are we doing next? We're doing Dirty John. You guys, we're doing Dirty John. We're doing the Oxygen documentary of Dirty John. Dirty John, the dirty truth. The dirty truth. Ugh. Connie Britton's not in it. You know, I, know. I just don't know why she's not in everything with that hair. Oh my God, Connie and that Britton. face. I, I love live. her. I love her so Same. much, Connie. Uh, girl, where can they find us? They can find us at truecrimeobsessed.com. That's where you get everything you could possibly need or want everything. about True Crime Obsessed. We are True Crime Obsessed, no ED on the Twitter, and True Crime Obsessed podcast on the Instagram. You are Jillian with a G and all the things. You are Patrick Hines underscore on Instagram uh-huh. and Patrick Hines on Twitter. That's right. You're the best. I did it. You guys stay tuned for the trailer for Dirty John and then our hilarious outtakes from this one. Oh, my lord. Oh, my lord. <laughs> oh, my lord. I don't know why. I said I just parroted you. <laughs> D- didn't feel good. No. Didn't feel right. <laughs> didn't like it at all. You guys, we love you so much. We love you. Thanks for hanging out. All right. Bye. Newport Beach, number one. And you know that ambulance right away? Someone's been stabbed. It's a girl. Do you see the blood? Yes. I felt like I caused this. This is the last thing I ever wanted to happen. There are life and death stakes in this story. Many women were terrorized. I met John online. He made me feel wonderful. It was the best feeling in the world. His profile said that he was single, a doctor, everything you want to see in a man. John was very attractive, very, very charming. John Meehan was a serial predator. He went from victim to victim. I knew he was trying to hurt my mom, hurt my family. He said I was a whore and a bitch, and I was going to pay for what I did. He broke me in half. I was a good person. Hi, Mom. He's going to turn on you and destroy your life. John is the most dangerous, devious individual that I ever prosecuted. I was worried that John was going to kill me to try to get the money. Inside the backpack, he had a revolver, hundreds of rounds of ammo. I knew that John was capable of murder. One of the lessons of this story is that monsters don't always look like monsters. John Meehan was a psychopath, but he knew right from wrong, and he chose wrong. You enjoy your time left on this earth, okay? John was evil. This guy grabbed me by the waist. Shoulder pad pantsuits. <laughs> Ladies. <laughs>
<laughs> what were we doing? Yeah, I, we have some bad news. I don't... <laughs> Starts off with some bad news. Wait, what's the bad news? His last name is Chaudhry. No relation. No relation. Scream it from the rooftop. His last name is Chaudhry. How dare, they how dare how, you. How dare you. <laughs> I've actually called Daisy an unreliable narrator. Look, criminals and kids have right. a lot in common. One of those things is that they're both unreliable narrators. One million percent. What did she do? She dipped her finger into the sugar jar while she was holding it with her finger in it. And I said, did you dip your finger in the, fr in the no. sugar jar? And she says, no. As it's in there. As it's in there. Daisy. Unreliable narrator. Daisy, you have to get better at this. Call me. <laughs> so hot, so stinky. That's my drag name. So hot, Watch so- mark. Right. So hot, so stinky. That's my autobiography, the Patrick Hyde story. Um, <laughs> we're getting there. We'll land on it. We'll find something. Val describes how he only ever wore that tiny black Speedo. Uh, and Val literally says, which made you wonder a few things. Like, where is it? <laughs> I don't mean to, I don't care where it is. I know. We're not like anatomy queens here, but oh, girl, but Bikram, sweetheart, you don't look good in that Speedo. You don't no. look good. And he, like, on some, I think he's on 60 Minutes or whatever, where he, they're like, it's a torture chamber approach to yoga, and he's dressed in nothing but Rolex and a Speedo. And I'm like, a Rolex? The color green was banned? I, cool. Who bans the color green? It's every member of my family's favorite color. <laughs> Is it really? Yes. Daisy, me, and Steve all have, ask Daisy, she'll tell you. It's a great color. It's a great color. It's good on everybody. Yeah. He's calling her a donkey and saying, like, we have divorce in this country where we're so horrible. That's why we need Bikram. You guys, you know I hate when people talk about themselves on the third I, person. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. Major red flag. Do you want to know how lame I am? Do you want to know the last time I was cool? Yeah. This is the true story. What? Yesterday, a Matchbox 20 song came on, yeah. and I lost my mind. I was I'm so fucking crazy. happy. I'm yeah. just a little unwell. That's Matchbox 20, right? Yeah. I love Matchbox 20. <laughs> I love Matchbox 20. Yeah. <laughs> they were popular in like 1999. Them and like the Goo Goo Dolls. And like um, Bare Naked Ladies. Bare Naked Ladies. They could have done their own Dude Lilith Fair. <laughs> they probably definitely went on tour. For sure. And you know who got back together to join them better than Ezra? <laughs> Good living with you. Uh -oh. oh my god! That's a good song. It totally it's also is. Called good. Yeah. You guys go on Napster. <laughs> you guys friend us on Friendster. Go on Napster and download the music.